everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Today is, there's no other way to describe it. It's a party. Every year, Nick and I are delighted to be associated with our friends at Cuisine Solutions and to celebrate International Sous Vide Day with them and their team. And uh, it's, uh, you know, three years ago, we were both MCs. I've been kicked off the team now, and uh, and Nikki is the official MC. She gets to be that. Um, but we have uh, lots to tell you about, not only about sous vide, and what it's doing across the world uh, and what's happening with it across the world, but about CREA, their fabulous research facility as well. So Nick, why don't you kick it off? Okay, if you've been living under a rock, maybe you don't know about sous vide cooking, but it is really one of the most incredible ways to prepare food. And you do see it at some of the best restaurants in the world, but you're also seeing it now on your table at home. So that is the celebration today of International Sous Vide Day. Two years ago, we did this blowout party at the French Embassy. Last year, we did it at the Conrad. And this year is different because as everything is, it's different. But the people at Cuisine Solutions have put together an entire day of demos and panel discussions, and it is all emceed by me. So it's going to be a ton of fun, and we have a little taste of it today here on Foodie and the Beast. So David, why don't you tell uh, who's joining us today? All right. Well, we are first and foremost, again, joined by uh, Gerard Bertillon. He's a master chef of France and the chief strategy officer at Cuisine Solutions, and he has got more information about sous vide than you can shake a stick at. AJ Schaller is the uh, executive chef at CREA, and I mentioned CREA earlier. It's the Culinary Research and Education Academy associated with and founded by Cuisine Solutions, and they are truly a global leader in culinary research education and consulting. Chef Katie Button out of Asheville, North Carolina, is a four-time James Beard Award nominee. She's a chef, and honestly, that barely scratches the surface of her renown, but she is a devotee of uh, sous vide and she'll be talking to us about how she employs it in her world and as well chef grace ramirez is a world famous chef and tv personality and more she's out of miami and chef grace also is a devotee of, of sous vide and interestingly she's working with our friend uh, jose andres and world central kitchen to help feed those impacted by food challenges during the covid crisis and it'll be interesting to hear about the intersection of sous vide and and how that's helping them uh, get food to many people uh, around the world so before we do that, as we always do, we're going to check in with Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets and talk about what there is at the markets today on a day where the wind will freeze your toes off. <laughs> Good morning, Nikki and David. How are Hi, you? Deb. Hey, Deb. Uh, it may be cold, but it's great for a one-pot wonder. And if you roam the market, you'll find all the things you need for a great one-pot dinner. Whether it's meat, it could be a fish stew. I made a great fish stew last week. And they warm you up. So you've got winter vegetables. You've got some greens. I always sprinkle some microgreens on top. And you're ready to go. And it will keep you warm and happy. Let's just talk about, I mean, who are the vendors specifically? If you can just give us a run of which vendors we would hit if we wanted to do uh, a one-pot meal. Sure. So Painted Hand Farm, she had a wonderful recipe out today for a stew. You can check her out. Her meats are, are delicious. Uh, Pro Fish has a lot of great meats. We did a whole seafood 
one pot dinner last week with a little pasta. Um, we have Impasta there who has gluten-free and wonderful handmade pasta. Mm. So you can put all these things together, throw them in a pot, sit down, and you have a great warm dinner at a bottle of wine, and you're ready to go. And a warm bread. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Okay, Deb, tell everybody where they can find the farmer's markets this weekend. Centralfarmmarkets.com. We have two winter markets going, one in Vienna, one in Bethesda. Everything you need is right there. Excellent. Thanks, Deb. Thank you. Uh, well, let's let's bring Gerard into the conversation right away because he was really there virtually at the beginning of all this. Gerard, how are you? You mind telling our guests uh, and uh, the audience a little bit about your background before we get into sous vide? Well, I um, I was lucky or fortunate enough to work in two three star Michelin in France, so to build some really uh, strong foundation. Um, and I've been uh, I came to America just for. Uh, a year or two, but uh, I've been there for uh, close to 40 years. And I did the same thing joining Cuisine Solutions since uh, they were the leader in sous vide and I heard they were going to open a, a, a plant or I didn't even know what it was a plant when I was in New York. And I wanted to learn for one year or two and go back to, to New York. And I've been with Cuisine Solutions now for 32 years. <laughs> the, when we started, we, uh, we ran a kitchen, we were five. And uh, now with a big success, six plant, we just opened our new plant. We are over uh, 1,500 people. Uh, we just opened our plant in Texas. It's uh, 320,000 square feet, nice. about two and a half football field. So we can produce a lot of sous vide and makes a lot of people happy. Okay, well, let's back up a little bit because now that you're in the production of sous vide, that's like a totally different conversation. Let's talk about what sous vide is because, and you and I discussed this, multiple times but the very first time I saw sous vide was for Michel Richard and you know he you know cut his sous vide his 72 hour short rib on our studio Andy you must remember one of the and, best you know, meals ever juice was spilling everywhere and it was in a mess and he was laughing you know he's such a trip god rest his soul but um but I had not known about the process of sous vide so that's like 15 years ago so tell us a little bit about the process of sous vide and how it's evolved well to talk about michel richard michel started as a pastry chef and pastry you measure everything so he was a perfect chef when he learned about it to really go you know 70 percent of his food was cooked sous vide he was cooking it it's mm -hmm. all about precision you know it's all about right the right time the right temperature and be able to be consistent you know when you go to michel richard when you go to a restaurant you want to have an amazing experience every single time Mm -hmm. And usually when you change, you can give a recipe to a chef. It's really hard to do that seven days a week, you know, all year long. So it's all about precision. We can control the temperature to one ten of a degree. And by doing that and the time control the consistency, because longer you hold the product, more connective tissue you're going to dissolve. So that's why we dissolve. Why 72 hours and not 96 or 50? Because when you choose a muscle, we do the 50, 55 with, with Michel, and we all find out that the 72 hours was the best parameter of cooking for this muscle, for this raw material. So it's all about precision temperature. Um, and then when you compare, you control the time. So the time is consistency, the temperature is color. And when you play with those parameters, you get exactly the result every single time. So it's cooking with precision. Well, can we talk a little about the the, the process? Because, um, you know, it isn't just cooking 
a great piece of meat or any piece of meat, you know, for 72 hours, there's a whole process by which that meat is packaged in order to be cooked uh, in the first place. So, and we talk a lot about meat, but one of my favorite things to eat is vegetables. You know, I wish we could talk more about the farmer's market. Those root vegetables right now are amazing. When you cook squash, you know, you just put a little bit of fat in it, whatever, butter or olive oil or hazelnut or whatever your fat. And you're going to get some vegetables you, like you never taste before. The color is going to be bright. The intensity of the, of, of, of the vegetable is going to be something like you never taste before. So it's taking your product, either you put them like that with just light seasoning or you sear them, you grill them, you... you you do a, a whatever you want to do it first, but you can, if you do pot salmon, you just put a little salt and pepper and you put it inside of a bag. So imagine you're cooking something in their own natural juices. So the product is going to enhance, it's going to become so much more intensity of flavor. And then you control the texture, you control the color. It's, it's something, what the first time I went to French Laundry when we want to work with uh, Thomas Keller, I just brought a bunch of items and because he never did sous vide before us. And he said, Jura, where, where do you get this chicken? Is it Amish chicken? Is it organic chicken? It's like, no, Thomas, just regular chicken. He said, no, 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 but tell me about, I, you know, you almost wanted to know my supplier. I said, no, we do like, at the time we were doing like 25,000 portions. Now it's nothing. We do that, uh, you know, in a couple of hours. But um, um, Jonathan Beno was there, Grant Askas from New York, uh, Eric Zibol was there, there was a sous chef. And he said, Thomas, mm -hmm. I'm ready. come guys. Come, taste this chicken. The chicken tastes like chicken. So for them, before they even talk about cooking, temperature, they were blown away by the flavor. Mm. And this flavor you get because it's all sealed. You know, you walk to the kitchen and you're like, oh, it smells great. It smells It's all those volatile fly away and you're losing them. So you're losing smell, you're losing flavor. Here it's all sealed in the bag and it's just concentrating and concentrating. And that's what, what Michel loved about the product. It was about the precision and all the top chefs, they're all looking at how can I make my, my meal better, taste better, have more better experience for my customers. Well, what you've done, well, let me just jump in for a second, because what you've done is take what, what used to be sort of the reserve of, of, of the top chefs uh, to use sous vide. And now anybody can, can use sous vide, can sous vide at home and also can use those products at home, even if you're, you're, you're not a practice cook. Well, so let's get into uh, your, every year you guys throw this massive party. Why, why do that? Why celebrate everything you're doing? Well, when, when we started, we were very secretive about it. You know, we didn't want some competition or something. And at one point, we saw some chefs starting to cook. And we saw they were doing uh, little mistake, cooking at too low temperature. And we said, well, you know, if somebody does something wrong, it's going to affect all of us. So we said we really need to share our knowledge to make sure people can enjoy the product safely. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start the, you know, really pushing for Crea class online and so forth. And you know, we have so many people around the world cooking from China, from Australia, Europe was of course the start of sous vide. But it's it's uh, at one point you needed a big celebration, and that's what sous vide um, international sous vide day is all about. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give everybody a little sneak peek into what International Sous Vide Day is going to look like, which is this Tuesday, the 26th of January. Uh, and then we're going to talk to AJ Schaller. We're going to be talking about Crea. So David and Nikki Nellis, Booty and the Beast, we'll be back in just a second. 
Okay, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Gerard Bertolone about all the uh, details for International Sous Vide Day that are to come on the 26th of January and how you can participate. Well, so Gerard, listen, this year is different. Everybody's doing everything differently. Um, how did you guys decide, like, we're not going to cancel International Sous Vide Day. We're still going to celebrate it. How did you come up with the sort of fabulous day you guys put together? But one way or the other, we couldn't uh, cancel because it's a 50th anniversary uh, since we, we started in 1971 with Bruno Gusso, our chief scientist. So we were going to do a blowout, you know, celebration and uh, uh, we had to do something. So uh, we wanted to reach, we wanted to celebrate all together and a virtual event was the only way to do it. So we, we, we look at every segment of... Um, the industry from uh, the home cook to the hotel to the restaurant chain to the ghost kitchen to the plant base and we selected some of the uh, best leader in innovator in each uh, segment of the industry and we put uh, a, a great uh, i think we're close to eight hours of virtual classes because we have four chef cooking one from dubai one from france one from the us and uh, one from thailand so you learn how to cook and then you can learn from the leader in the industry who are the best, who really understand uh, what sous vide can bring to their, um, to their industry, to their uh, segment of the industry. And um, even myself, I, I learned from uh, listening to them. Sometimes you think you bring this solution and for them, they're like, no, but on top of it, here's what uh, sous vide bring to my, uh, my operation. Well, so let's just give everybody the website right now. Uh, so that they have it. And then, Gerard, if you don't mind hanging out with us for the rest of the show, at the end, we'll go through the day's agenda and uh, tell people again how they can sign up. So what's the best place for everybody to go to? So you have to go to www.internationalsouvidedet.com mm -hmm. and you have to register because we still have some giveaway when you register. Mm -hmm. And then um, we'll send you some reminder uh, during the day on a mon on a Tuesday. But on Monday, we'll send everybody the full agenda uh, as we uh, finish in Couple Touch. But it's going to be a lot of fun and it's educational. Like I say, even for me, I learned some new things. It's going to be a great celebration and it's a 50-year anniversary. Excellent. Okay, we're going to come back to you at the end of the show. And up next, you've heard us talking about Crea, but we haven't really explained what it is. So joining us is AJ Schaller. She's been with us before. It's so nice to see you. She's up in a hotel room in New York. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. Uh, thanks for having us and, and great to see you again. It's good uh, to see you too. So tell everybody just a little bit of your background and then what is Crea? Sure. So uh, my background is uh, cooking. <laughs> um, I went to the Connor Institute of America and spent most of my career working for Daniel Balud, um, 11 years to be exact, in New York. But I started as an intern and finished as a um, culinary manager. So everything from opening restaurants to, um, you know, creating cookbooks and handling all of our health department matters. Um, and during that time, I actually uh, collaborated with Crea, which is where I am now as executive chef on mm -hmm. our uh, sous vide HACCP systems for the restaurants. And then also took the training uh, with Bruno Gusso and the team uh, up here in Boulay Test Kitchen. But 
Yes, so uh, CREA is the Culinary Research and Education Academy and uh, was established in 1971. Our um, Paris location opened in 1991. Um, and then I managed the Washington DC team and we are just a very diverse group of chefs, but also scientists and engineers. And we do a lot of different functions and most people know us through training because uh, Crea has trained over 80% of the Michelin starred chefs in the world on how to cook sous vide. Well, but having been to the, sorry, David, having been to the facility, um, it's, it is like, I mean, having been to the Cuisine Solutions facility, it's a beautiful facility, it has an amazing kitchen, I ate incredibly well, but the CREA component is like a mad scientist laboratory. There's, you know, test tubes and things percolating and there's so much going on there. So tell us about what you're, what you're experimenting with, what the goals are of CREA and what, what you're trying to create in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of what we do is very uh, high level R&D and we focus on techniques that are going to contribute to the food service industry um, with the aid of sous vide. So one of the projects that we're working on and have started training in as well uh, is what we call extraction, flavor fixation, and cryoconcentration. And I know you got a little sneak preview of that uh, when you came to visit. And essentially what we do is we take items that in a normal uh, production kitchen would be considered food waste, trimmings, peelings, um, skins of fruits and vegetables and produce that uh, contain a lot of flavor inside and apply it with the sous vide process um, and the resulting liquid that's clarified we concentrate it through freezing so there's no thermal treatment after that mm -hmm. and in fact our first training in uh, Washington that we did was with Thomas Keller and his team so kind of coming full circle with what Gerard was talking about when he introduced them to sous vide before and it's become a technique that chefs are using to help combat food waste but also it's a second level training to sous vide because we look at uh, very specifically the functional and natural properties of products. So um, certain products that are in liquid form will have emulsifying or sticky or um, you know, uh, foaming properties that you can translate really well into fine dining, um, even cocktails and, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So um, this, this process is really where sous vide was maybe 30 or 40 years ago. And um, you know, chefs are really starting to adapt to it and incorporate it into their menus. Well, I think that food waste is such a, a, a buzzword right now. Um, I hosted two panels for International CV Day, and food waste came up in both. I mean, especially with the pandemic uh, and uh, food, food insecurity that's happening, not just in this country, but around the world, like finding ways to utilize every scrap of food is so important. Can you talk about how you're doing that? Like what you're doing to sort of eradicate food waste? Absolutely. So we're, we're focusing on making the process uh, sustainable throughout um, from start to finish. So we actually in the lab right now, we have, um, you know, the lab that you mentioned is kind of like our incubator kitchen. It's where we grow all of our ideas and do initial testing. Um, and we work with the local produce company to collect their trimmings that um, they'll have from doing what they call like fresh cut vegetables. So typically those type of trimmings will go to, um, you know, compost or pet food or something like that. But it's um, amazing the flavors that you can get out of the different parts of the fruits and vegetables, because for example, um, the skin of a carrot has way more flavor sometimes than the, the core because that's where the soil is uh, starting to absorb and the, the skin is collecting the nutrients and minerals and all of these uh, flavors. So 
by applying the sous vide process to it, we combine it with a certain amount of water, uh, low temperature for a long time, and you can learn more about that in the course. the resulting liquid is not only very pure tasting because it's a low temperature, it's not like as if you were to boil it, right? Because you're losing, um, there's like vapor and you're losing a lot of the aromatic compounds. Um, but it also is very flavorful and clarified because we're not cooking it at a high enough temperature to, to turn the product into like a puree. Mm-hmm. So you're left with a very flavorful liquid and solids that have kind of released their flavors, but those solids that are left over, we find ways to compost and really make it fully sustainable and return it to the earth. Um, you have to kind of kickstart the fermentation in it again, because you're, um, you know, you don't have like the raw enzymes anymore, but that liquid is what we focus on. Mm-hmm. So that pure tasting liquid, um, we start the process of cryoconcentration, which is freezing it. So the pure like H2O, like the water that's in the liquid is freezing at a higher temperature than the flavorful liquid that's left behind. And a way to visualize that is if you've ever had like a slushy and you've got all these little ice crystals, you leave a, a cup on the table and walk away for too long and you come back and you notice that the ice that's left, it's completely clear. Mm-hmm. But the syrup has sunk to the bottom because that's where the flavor is in the form of sugars. So something like carrot peelings, it's not just sugars that are natural uh, within the carrot, but you've got you know minerals and saline and all of those things that contribute to the flavor. So it's really, it's the opposite of thermal treatment. Like we're removing ice instead of vapor and concentrating the liquid. And it's just, a, we did a comparison side-by-side tasting with, um, with Chef Keller and his team uh, of a product that was um, you know, the liquid was boiled, it was cryoconcentrated, or it went through the rotary evaporator. And it's just night and day, you just cannot compare. It's the most flavorful liquid uh, you'll ever have. It's amazing. So have you guys been able to on a smaller, large scale kind of extend that to where there there is hunger, and feed more people and feed more people? I, you know, I can see how it works in the kitchen and how Thomas Keller would use it. But is it at the point where, where you have, you know, yeah, 40 million Americans more now, who go to bed hungry. Um, uh, is that the beginning of a solution? Absolutely. You know, we're anxious to get it started. Our, our team has visited with, um, you know, produce companies that do do have those, um, you know, trimmings to work with. So we're definitely working in that direction. It's a little bit different from uh, how sous vide originally developed because that started in manufacturing and then it sure. got adopted by top chefs and then home cooks are really using it a lot. Now we really started with top chefs with the training. So um, of course, absolutely. We're looking for ways to, to help um, really be a a socially responsible uh, company and incorporate that into what we're doing. So all of the work that we're doing right now is the R and D. And I can tell you, we've done hundreds of different (laughs) studies on, on different products and their properties. And so what are you doing to celebrate international sous vide? Well, um, so first of all, International CV Day is also Dr. Bruno Gusso's birthday. So we have to mention that. Um, it's sort of how the, the date was born. Um, and we have a great video um, just celebrating the story of, um, you know, Bruno's professional career and all of the amazing chefs that he's worked with. We also have a great um, video of a sort of behind the scenes glimpse into what Crea does. Um, because in addition to training and, you know, that high level R&D, we also do consulting and we've got a lot of projects that we're working on right now uh, that incorporates sous vide into menus and offer a lot of solutions uh, for our clients. Well, so you're very involved in the John Taffer project because I, John Taffer was a part of one of the panels I hosted, which was really fascinating. Um, Tell us a little bit about that project. Absolutely. So um, John came to our office uh, just about a year ago 
a year and a couple of months <laughs> um, and, and got uh, introduced to Vita's um, and then the Cuisine Solutions family had a full blast tasting of all of the amazing products that uh, we offer and realized that it was the perfect um, sort of idea to have all of the center of the plate items in the restaurant um, prepared precisely cooked sous vide um, because he also has what he calls the safe dining system um, and it just fit in perfectly with that uh, entire uh, system because um, the product is fully pasteurized and safe. Um, there's no chance for cross-contamination with raw product in the kitchen. Um, the It's very consistent of course because um, it's completely all the work's done for you in advance and the cooks just need to learn how to um, use the the rapid cook and, and high technology equipment that we have to serve it. Um, and then execute it, right? So yeah. listen, we have to take a break. So I'm so sorry I have to cut you out. But I will say that in that panel discussion, one of the things John Taffer said, which you guys, Cuisine Solutions, to just roll it 24-7. He said it shouldn't be Cuisine Solutions. It should be Cuisine Solutions because that's how he feels about uh, everything that's happening with uh, Taffer Tavern. So AJ, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to see because you're leading a panel, right, on International Sous Vide Day? I'm part of one of the presentations, but yeah, can't wait and please sign up. Okay, great. Uh, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. When we come back, we are talking to the legendary Katie Button. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis and our next guest. Um, she's located in Asheville, North Carolina, but her fame, the legend of Chef Katie Button spreads nationwide and globally. She's a four-time James Beard Award nominee. She's a cookbook author. And she is a sous vide devotee, I will say. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Hi, if, Katie. If, I got a question. If you don't mind, if, if you would kind of give your own 411 for the audience instead of having us read your bio, that would be great. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yes, I'm Katie Button, and I am the uh, chef and co-founder of Curate, a Spanish tapas restaurant in Asheville, North, North Carolina, and most recently, La Bodega by Corte, which is a Spanish specialty food um, retail kind of all-day cafe that we opened uh, as one of our COVID-19 pivots um, in one of our spaces. And uh, we've been in Asheville about 10 years, and it's been, you know, exciting. I'm passionate about Spain and um, Spanish food and cooking, and it's fun to share that with the rest of the world. Well, so how did you get into Spanish cooking? Um, it's such a, you know, it's specific products and a specific way of doing things. And those dishes are, are so, uh, you know, well-loved. What was it about the, the cooking that appealed to you and that you wanted to bring to Asheville? So I am, I am not from Spain, but I have a, um, a Spaniard in my life who keeps me very honest in my Spanish cooking. My husband, <laughs> uh, Felix Mayana, we, <laughs> We met actually working for Jose Andres in um, Cafe Atlantico minibar, minibar oh. many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he, my husband had worked at the restaurant El Bulli in Spain with Ferran Adria. He was a front of house kind of service guru over there. And he, you know, came over and we met and he brought me back the opportunity to work at El Bulli from, from there. And then after that, we decided to open our own restaurant together and, we um, moved to Asheville, North Carolina. We really picked Asheville because it's just this amazing city. It feels like 
I don't know, it's nestled um, in the mountains with rivers and Blue Ridge Mountains with these like the, the rivers and, and this vibrant downtown. It's full of amazing entrepreneurs and makers that are just people who move there or, or grew up there who are creating um, their business and their way in the world. And it's, it's kind of an inspiring place to be. So that's how we ended up in Asheville looking for where we wanted to land for the rest of our lives. Well, the fact- Ten years later- I was going to say the fact that you can you can drop names like Ferran and Jose and they're really you know elemental to your 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 growth as a chef is pretty impressive. <laughs> yes, I mean I, I Jose really I mean Ferran gave me working at Elbuy gave me this this view this discipline it also taught me that I loved cooking you know it was that moment of working there it's really hard and rigorous and lots of long hours and attention to detail because you're seeking perfection and I knew in that experience that I absolutely loved cooking this is what I needed to do for the rest of my life and then Jose has been like this amazing mentor I mean he's really given me and Felix and I incredible opportunities even after we parted ways to open our own restaurant you know after working with him um, for many years and you know it's been uh, a wonderful relationship to continue. Well, I mean, we've known Jose for a very, very long time and who's worked for him and where they are now and what they're doing. It's just so unbelievable. Um, but, you know, Katie, I want to talk about, you brought this up in the beginning of your interview. So you have this restaurant, you're in Asheville, this vibrant, funky town. And, um, you know, the pandemic hits. How did you, how did it, how did it, how did it hurt you? How did you, I hate using the word pivot, but what did you do to find a way to not just survive, but also thrive? Well, you know, when the, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, looking back, it's kind of a nightmare to think right. about the time when we closed in March. And, you know, I mean, it was really scary. We had to lay off all of our employees. Like we lost all our money and more in 24 hours. And it was just a really scary plate moment to be. Um, we've since like pulled ourselves out of that and, um, and are feeling much more optimistic now. You know, we, our very first decision, we had a bagel shop operating in, in our second location where the bodega is now. And honestly, at that time, we were like, man, we can't reopen a shop that really, you know, sells bagels at $4 with cookies at $4 and really, you know, is dependent on large volume in order to survive. Mm -hmm. um, so the very first thing we did was open this prepared foods pickup. This was before indoor dining was even reopened in North Carolina. And we opened a Spanish specialty food shop, um, wine shop and prepared foods kind of pickup um, situation. And it's morphed into this concept that has created more concepts from it. So um, we now have a Curate, a wine club that we ship, you know, to certain states across the country. We have Curate at Home, which is um, a nationwide Spanish specialty and our products, the things that we make, um, uh, kind of shipping direct to home service that we opened. And I mean, really, th that moment of opening the bodega inspired all these other things. And we started seeing ourselves as one brand. What are we? We are Corite the brand. Corite was always our flagship. It's our Spanish tapas restaurant. It's the first thing. It's how we built our name. It's what we're passionate about. And now we have all of these like tentacles, you know, kind of like an octopus and in these other um, in these other avenues. And we also do trips to Spain, which of course they're on hold for now, but we're excited to get those back up and running. So well, it, it has been inspiring to like rethink about our brand. Well, I think what's interesting it is, uh, you're one of many that I've talked to. It's like, yes, everybody had to turn on a dime. Every, you know, March, those two weeks in March, everybody just lost their minds, did not know what was coming next. 
but the creativity, the ability to the, the itty bitty silver linings, right? Like you weren't planning on exploding your business the way you did, but now when the new normal returns, look at what you have. Well, yeah. let me take a little, a little twist on this because with the, Katie, with the kind of food you prepare, are there any special challenges now or in the past uh, using COVID, uh, co uh, COVID, sous vide, sous vide, <laughs> I don't know. Io parlo italiano. But using sous vide, uh, you know, for the kind of foods you're preparing. Yes, it blew my mind. I mean, not only from just like a basically because, uh, you know, the thought process of what I learned at El Bouilly was this consistency, right? It's the seeking perfection. In order to seek perfection, every single dish has to be prepared exactly the same way and perfectly every single time. And that is what sous vide allows you to do. You know, it, you're, you're really precise on temperature. You're controlling, you know, um, by the fact that it's vacuum sealed in a bag, the, the item that you can like infuse flavors in a way that you can't in traditional cooking. Um, the other thing is, is because again, it's in a vacuum bag, you're not losing water or liquid so that at the end, when you want to make your sauce and reduce it down, you have total control. You're not depending on an open pan in an oven and things drying out or overcooking. I mean, it's really exciting. And then there's this level of like organization and order to sous vide cooking, like just the ease of storage, the ease of quickly chilling something from being hot to cold in ice baths because it's in a, a vessel that's easy to do that in. Um, and then for service, right? We can do a lot of things, partially cook a lot of things, you know, so that on the line in service with our staff, it's, basically just instance away from being done, right? We're just putting the finishing touch, browning, searing, whatever the last step is on it when it goes up in our kitchen for service. So it makes things more efficient. And I think that that is something that we're all realizing, efficiency, consistency. I mean, it's important. Uh, well, I think you make a really valid point there. Consistency is always important. And especially with uh, your to-go you know, taking things off premise, you know, you have so much more control when you're serving in your restaurant versus when people take it out of your restaurant. So having that consistency is so important. Now you're doing a demo for International Sous Vide Day. What are you doing? I'm cooking a, um, a Catalan style dish called Rosite de Nadal. It's um, a chicken dish that's typically a braised chicken dish with prunes and pine nuts and um, uh, some brandy and white wine. And, and it's really delicious. Um, that sounds so good. Like, that sounds delicious. You know, I haven't had breakfast yet. I'm just <laughs> saying. And it, it's meant, it's typically served during the holiday season. So it's kind of this perfect, like heartwarming winter dish. And when we turn it into using a sous vide technique, we actually end up with a better product because we're able to cook the chicken at a lower temperature for a longer period of time. It's tender and moist, but it doesn't do that thing where it gets dry and is like instantly falling off the bone. Like it still has texture. And that's really exciting. I mean, something you can't get from any other cooking method. Well, I think that's an interesting component of sous vide that people maybe don't understand, you know, especially when we talk about the science of it and the, and the timing of it, that, that the, the product doesn't, whether you're using a carrot, whether you're using chicken, it doesn't deteriorate. It doesn't, it makes the product better. It doesn't destroy it. That's exactly right. Um, so Katie, tell us how we can, um, find you and find all the different things that you're doing, aside from obviously watching you do your cooking demo on International Sous Vide Day. 
Sure. Yeah. You can follow me at Chef Katie Button um, on pretty much, I'm primarily on Instagram, but you can find me on other cha- all the other channels too. Um, but also our website, www.curatetapasbar.com. Um, <laughs> curate is spelled like the word curate. So curatetapasbar.com. And you can find all the things we're doing right there. Now, can we order, like we're in Washington, D.C. Can we order from some of your outlets? Yes, you can order from Corte at home uh, for sure. So um, check that out. And um, we're limited on states and where we can deliver the wine to. Unfortunately, you could you could start advocating with your with your state for um, access to the to the, um, to the to the wine component of well, what we do. Well, um, put in an order for chicken with prunes, etc. And uh, <laughs> get it get it here ASAP. We're good. Perfect. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you, Katie. Thanks so much for joining us. And we can't wait to watch your uh, cooking demo on International Sushi Day on Tuesday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All great. right. And now we're joined by another prominent chef, author, a huge TV star, and in the age of COVID, a huge philanthropist working with Jose Andres, Chef Grace Ramirez. Uh, Grace, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How you guys hey, Grace. Doing? So, David, I'm going to break in because I one of the things I got to do for International Sous Vide Day was do this panel discussion with uh, Grace, uh, Kyle Knotten, and Daniel Balud. And we spent an hour really talking about not just uh, sous vide cooking and how they all utilize it in their uh, careers, but also about how they were each affected by the pandemic and how things have changed for them. And Grace's story is really um, amazing because Grace, you had COVID and you had it like, you were in Dubai, right? I was actually in Rwanda, um, but I had to do a, lay- a big layover in Qatar. And yeah, it was when news hit, there was this pandemic hitting and no one was wearing a mask. There were all these planes landing from you know, different parts of the world. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> And I had a layover of six hours, so I, I, I'm sure I got sick there. So yeah, I got back to New York. I, I got home. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm from Miami, but I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I've been here 15 years, and um, yeah, I got home and I was super sick. And I think that for me, because my work is so varied, you know, yes, I'm a chef, I'm a TV personality, I'm a cookbook author, but you know, my work is very varied. So I had all these contracts lined up, you know, all these big events. I was actually not going to be home um, from literally March till September. Uh, I was on back-to-back events and, and traveling and, and all the things. And then, you know, everything shut down and I got really sick. And then, you know, talk about uh, that everyone knows Jose Andres. I've, I've worked with World Central Kitchen and, and Jose um, in, in Puerto Rico. We, we went, you know, I went to help out over there uh, with Maria, then in the Bahamas with Dorian. And then I helped them set up the, the Venezuela operation because my family's from Venezuela. So I've worked with them you know, in, in, in some different capacities with the World Central Kitchen. So when, you know, when I was sick, Jose and Nate, Nate is our Nate CEO, is. and I always yeah. say that, yeah. So I always say, you know, when Jose and Nate call, you pick up. Because <laughs> they hardly ever call you. They would text you and, and, and WhatsApp you um, at any time of the day. But when they call, it's very rare. And he was like, you know, Nate said, okay, we need you. And I was like, I'm super sick with COVID. And he's like, great, get it over with because you have to go feed New York. And <laughs> we always like, found, okay. <laughs> we found Nate to be a very empathetic guy. Yeah. 
Okay, Grace, I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt you because we have to take a break. So, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what you're cooking, how you're using sous vide, and uh, you know how you're working with World Central Kitchen and these and these cuisine solution products. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We are celebrating International Sous Vide Day right here on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a second. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we are talking to the thank God recovered from COVID chef Grace Ramirez, who is doing God's work, uh, working with World Central Kitchen and our friend Jose Andres. Um, uh, you know. Well, can, the, I, can I jump in, please? No. Because, yes, I want to jump in. <laughs> so, Grace, can we just talk, give everybody sort of, I mean, I know you're this huge celebrity and a personality in the food world, but just a quick, like, 411 on your cooking and your cookbook. And then, you know, why did the people from Cuisine Solutions, you know, want you to be a part of this panel? You know, I, I've, I've actually, you know, I'm a director, producer, turned chef, and I went to culinary school. Uh, more than a decade ago, but I always say that you no, know, what fuels me is is this uh, social responsibility aspect around food in, in general. So I started working, like I said, with World Central Kitchen a long time ago. But this COVID nineteen New York operation has been, you know, very dear to me because I'm a New Yorker. But also, you know, we were doing a uh, hundred thousand meals a day, including thirty thousands of them uh, going to New York public hospitals. And I think, you know. For example, you know, the Cuisine Solutions, the sous vide egg bites, they were getting distributed in the morning for breakfast for our frontline workers, you know, about 10,000 of them. So so it, it has been a very, you know, uh, essential part of our operation because of the precision, because of, of the quantity and the quality. And, you know, imagine we were distributing these gorgeous egg bites at, at from you know, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. At, at some of these hospitals. Um, and, and, and they will bring a smile to people's face, you know, to get this, these beautiful egg bites because it's been tough, you know, and it continues to be tough. We, we start again our operation on Monday where we're going to feed, you know, 16 uh, of New York public hospitals. And again, it's, it's 30,000 meals a day. So I think that, that uh, you know, I'm a sous vide lover. Um, when I went to culinary school and I got introduced to it, I, I was blown away by it, but then now I see what it does for, for our kind of operations and it's, it's key. Well, can we talk about that? I mean, what is it? I mean, you're feeding thousands of people, you know, every day and um, having volunteered with World Central Kitchen, I know it runs like a machine, you know, it's not a bunch of like, yeah. you know, there's, it's not like there's no plan. Um, so how do you guys execute that? and utilize those, that, that kind of cooking, you know, because I think people think when they think of sous vide cooking, they think of like Michelin stars and Jose Andre, but they don't think World Central Kitchen and uh, feeding people in need. Yeah, well, I think that we, we, we've been, in this operation has been a, a bit different because uh, we've had to partner with people like, um, you know, Cuisine Solutions to provide us with the, the sous vide already egg bites that are so perfect. Like it's, you know, imagine imagine us trying to hard boil uh, 10,000 eggs at a time. Imagine the mess. Like some of them will be cooked, some of them will be not cooked properly, and and it will be very hard to manage. But I think with you know the technology um, that Subi provides and what Cuisine Solutions does is that you have that perfect you know egg bite uh, at that quantity um, at a, an, an amazing quality. So I think that 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 for us has been, has been key mm-hmm. to partner with basically the best. You know, we, we are lucky enough to have amazing partners 
um, that are able to to do that. You know, can I jump in just for a second? Because I think a lot of people that if they're not familiar with sous vide or they haven't done it at home, when you go into a Starbucks, they have those little egg, you know, prep, prepared egg things. They, they just heat up. If you heat up scrambled eggs at home, it tastes like sawdust. But because these <laughs> eggs at Starbucks are so perfectly cooked, pre-cooked really with sous vide, when you get them, it's like they're fresh off, you know, fresh off the oven. And that's the benefit of sous vide, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're going to get this exactly. You're going to get this perfect. You, it, it is appetizing and, and beautiful to eat, even if you reheat it, especially, you know, eggs. We, we always go through this egg debate because eggs are hard if you're, they're not cooked properly and in right. and, and, and a large quantity and they're very hard to reheat. Like, like you're saying, like reheating scrambled eggs is like, <laughs> but, you know, reheating an, an, an egg bite is, it's perfect. You know, I love the egg white spinach and kale one that I could just, you know, pop in the microwave and then have one of those. And, mm -hmm. and like you're saying, it's delicious. It's having like that perfect, you know, high protein, um, lean, but, but nutritious, but delicious. But delicious. For right. Exactly. Yeah. So, Grace, what, so now that you have this week, like you're, you're re-engaging again and World Central Kitchen is rolling out. What does, for people who sort of see some of this on TV, but really don't, understand what's happening what does it look like for you you know it's it's such a complex but gorgeous operation that i'm so fortunate to be part of uh but at this point you know thank god you know when, when nate called me back when i was sick it was just two people one one of them in, in a hilton hotel and myself uh distributing 500 meals a day from a large supplier in the bronx and then we grew it to a hundred thousand meals but for me what, what is the most exciting thing about right now is that we're supporting local restaurants. So we're actually buying meals, you know, from local restaurants, obviously under very specific guidelines and under, uh, I'm in charge of quality control and supervising, um, you know, quality control of food and portion control and, and what is suitable for the hospitals. It's saying, you know, I give them guidelines, but then I give them a, a chance to shine. So, so the hospital workers are getting a beautiful rotation of Thai food, you know, Latin food, Italian food, American food, and and at the same time, so we're supporting all these restaurants. Uh, you know, all these frontline workers are getting fed beautiful food, and, and you know, we're stimulating the economy, which which right now is it's it's so important in New York City to support all these all these restaurants. So we do have a couple of large vendors that help us more, um, and catering companies that help us more with hospitals that that require ten thousand meals a day because they're so large. But with the smaller hospitals that require, let's say, 2,500, we do a restaurant rotation, which fills my heart with joy because it's, it's a win for everyone. Well, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. I, I do know um, that here in D.C., you know, restaurants are able to really survive thanks to organizations like World Central Kitchen and the inclusion of restaurants as a way to feed people. Grace, we have to wrap up with you. It's so good to reconnect with you. you. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you so they can stay uh, up with what you're doing? Sure. Um, well, I'm at Chef Grace Ramirez with a Z and um, with also with World Central Kitchen. So you can follow us on Instagram and see all the exciting and beautiful work that we're doing. Excellent. Thank you, Grace. And everybody can see Grace chatting with me on Tuesday on International Sous Vide Day on the 26th. We have a fabulous panel with Kyle Connaughton and uh, Daniel Baloud, and it was really a wonderful hour conversation. So Gerard, we want to bring you back in 
because the show is almost over, but we do need to talk about, David had a question, a very specific question, and we only have a minute for it about what sous vide is. So can the, you just the process. explain it? <laughs> well, the, the process is to take a protein, a vegetable, put it inside of a bag, vacuum the air out because we don't want pocket of air, otherwise the cooking will be inconsistent. So we're removing about 98 to 99% of the oxygen. So like that, the heat transfer of the water is going to be perfect. So we, we vacuum pack this food, we immerse it in water, agitation water, and mm -hmm. we can control the, the temperature and time. So we can cook and pasteurize. Then the water is empty. Then we chill it because the chilling is very important because if you don't chill it fast enough, you can have growth of bacteria. So we chill it really fast in water. Water is the best medium to, uh, to transfer the heat or the cold. And then when it's chilled, either we set it fresh, like at Costco, mm -hmm. or either we freeze and we can get 18 month shelf life. And this product, just like Grace was uh, talking, we can ship it not only everywhere in, um, in the US, but to, we even ship to Dubai and some other part of the world. Excellent. Yes. Okay, so we have about a minute left. Um, just tell everybody again, I mean, it is a full day of food and fun with chefs and people, hospitality industry experts. Just um, you're hosting a panel. Let's just talk about some of the panel and demos coming in through the day. So we have uh, four chefs from around the world who are going to do a 30 minutes demo. We have uh, Katie, you just heard about it. Uh, Nicolas Adabopoulos from uh, France. We have Ika Mohamed from uh, Dubai. He's cooking from the Burj Khalifa, the highest restaurant in the world. Ian Kitacha is, is part of the 50 best restaurant in Asia. He's going to do a, a Thai food. And then we're going to have great discussion with uh, the leaders in the uh, hospitality industry, like, um, like John Taffer, like uh, uh, a local uh, um, leader from France Mart, uh, Dan Rowe, uh, who have launched uh, Five Guys, and now we're working very closely about uh, using our product in franchise to make it easy and make it consistently uh, everywhere. Uh, it's going to be fun. So uh, we will register right away, and Monday we're going to send you the full agenda. You can click, look about, uh, learn about every speakers. Um, a great educational day for this 50-year anniversary. Great. Thank you so much, Shara. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for allowing me to MC the day's event. It was so much fun. So again, International Sous Vide Day. It is Tuesday, January 26th. It is a full day of cooking demonstrations and panel discussions. This is for people in the industry, and it's also for foodie devotees. It is there for everyone. So I want to thank you all for joining us today on Foodie and the Beast. Follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And please dip your bods in hand sanitizer, mask up, join us at International Sous Vide, and have a delicious week. <laughs>